glad uh, that I'm up here tonight. It's great to see all the visitors in the church. I love God's house. I love every minute of God's house. I can't wait to get here on Sundays. Phil and I, all day Saturday, we're just sweating on getting here on Sunday and seeing what God will do. You know, we have so many opportunities in our lives. Our lives are really just like that. You know, people used to say to me when I was young, you know, you know, when my kids were little and that, you'd say, it's oh, just every moment, count every moment, because they'll be growing up like that. I say, don't be ridiculous. I'm just trying to get them out of nappies. And the next minute, I'm walking my daughter down. Oh, the next minute, you know, it's, they're gone. And life is like that. I think life is so quick we don't realize it. You know, I still feel like I'm 30 and I keep having to look in the mirror and pinch myself and, and, and I'm not until my real age. <laughs> come on, girl, come on. You've only got a, come on, you might have 25 years left to do this thing. And I want to tell you, there's no retirement for me or for my husband in the kingdom of God. I mean, I'm going to go out like Smith Wigglesworth. I'll be preaching, drop dead, go home. That'll be awesome. Just go to sleep. He did. He was preaching. He didn't start his ministry until he was 48 years old. The anointing of God came on him, and he was jettisoned into ministry at 48. So there's hope for me yet. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. Come on, be a bit more encouraging, young people. But I get really excited about young people. And Phil said, you know, when I was... Young, I did a lot of stuff and, and was quite brave and went out in the world and did stuff. I think when you're young, you, you're just radical and you just do stuff and you don't think of the consequences, which is kind of a good thing because you get stuff done for God. You know, the anointing is a precious thing that you young people and that we have as older people, we've been given a gift. It's called the anointing, amen? And we can, we can either utilize the anointing, we can use that, to go out and do what God has called us to do, or we can just say, well, that's nice, but I just want to receive it for myself and get blessed and just, and just get blessed and just, just don't do anything with it. But I want to show you some stuff tonight about the anointing. Is that okay? Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 4 and verse 18. And we're going to quickly go through a message here. Can someone give me like a nod? Phil, give me a nod when I've got about 10 minutes left because I've got four watches and they've got no batteries in four of them. <laughs> I went through my jewelry box and went, nope, nope. So give me a nod when I've got about 10 minutes left. That'd be great. Luke 4.18. Jesus stands up in the synagogue and he says these incredible words. The spirit of the Lord is on me for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus stood up saying this scripture. Now, this scripture had been prophesied in Isaiah, that Messiah would come and he would bring something with him. He would bring an anointing. He would bring the answer. He would deliverance to the captives. Jesus would come bringing something. They didn't know that this was him that was standing there right in front of them because it was the custom to open the scriptures in the synagogue and just read from the prophets and read from Isaiah. He read this scripture, but then he said something amazing. He said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your sight. 
They were raving mad. They couldn't believe that he'd say something like this, even though they were profoundly touched by his preaching and by what he was saying because he was so profound and wise. They chased him outside. They got him to the edge of the cliff. They're going to throw him off. He just walks through them. Don't ask me how he walked through them. Same way he walked through walls, I guess. When Jessie was little, this one here, she said to me, Mummy, 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 she was about three, Jesus came to visit me last night. I said, oh, that's nice, darling, thinking, you know, just a three-year-old raving. And, and she says, no, he really came. Mum, I was asleep, and he came down. I woke up, and I saw him come through the wall. And he came into my room, and he said, Jesse, do you want to go and see where I live? Do you want to go and see it? And she said, yes. And he said, he took me by the hand. We went through the wall, and we went up through the clouds. And then we landed in this beautiful place, Mummy. I said, well, tell me about it. She said, well, Jesus said to me, is there anything that you want? And she said, she had a bandage on her finger. I, I've got a sore finger, she said to Jesus. And Jesus touched my finger and he made it better. And then he said, we better go back before Mummy misses you. We went back through the clouds, back through the wall. He put me in bed. He kissed me. He said, I will always be with you. That's the Jesus that walks through crowds. How can he walk through a crowd? because he could just walk through anything, because this is Jesus we're talking about. Amen? And he stood up in front of these people. He said, this has been fulfilled today. Jesus Christ fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, that the anointing, the anointed one, the Christ, you know, Jesus Christ is not his last name. Christ means anointed one. And then Jesus went further than that. He didn't just say it. He demonstrated it with power. Everywhere he went, from then on, everywhere he went, the anointing went with him and he touched people and he changed their lives and he did exactly what this scripture had said. He did it and he demonstrated that the Father was with him and that he actually was the Messiah and that he actually was the one, the anointed one, the Christ had come, the Messiah had come. Now Jesus said, greater works shall you do than I have done. How could we do greater works than raising the dead? How could we do greater works than opening blind eyes? You know how we do greater works? Because Jesus was only one. And he needed to do greater works by touching more than the one he could touch. The crowds were around him. He could only touch as many as he could reach his hand out to. And so he raised up these disciples, these crazy bunch of guys and women by the way. He raised them up and he trained them and he taught them. He says, see this? When I do this, you do it. And they did it and it worked and they got excited and he kept mucking around with them and they kept, were like kids and they got it wrong and they got it right, but he was training them. He was training them to walk in the anointing. Because why? Because they were Christians. They were anointed ones. He was the Christ, the anointed one. We are the Christians, the anointed ones. And then he left this promise. I have to go. I have to leave you. But I will not leave you as orphans. I will send the promised Holy Spirit and he will be with you. And he will teach you everything. He will remind you of everything that I have told you. He will fill you with power. Wait in the upper room. Till the Holy Spirit comes. Don't go out and do anything more than this until the Holy Spirit has filled you with power. And then you'll really know what the anointing is. 
Then it won't just be the one or two that you touch. Then 3,000 will be saved on that day in Jesus' name. And so Jesus passed something on to us. Is that right? Let's have a look at Matthew 16, 15. It'll be up on the screen. I want to go faster. We'll just look through these scriptures. This is what Jesus said. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. He said, go. Go into all the world and preach. Preach. The very first thing he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news. And then he said to his disciples, go into all the world. He's just about to be, he's raised up, he's come back and he's telling them, listen, I've gone, I'm gone, I'm out of here. But you guys, go into all the world and preach the good news. Do what I have done. Go and do it in Jesus' name. And then he said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, everybody say these signs. What's a sign for? To make people wonder. Jesus used signs to demonstrate that the Father was with him. And when we go, as we go, we go forth in power with signs and wonders confirming the preaching of the word. Amen? Who says amen to that? Now, these signs will accompany Benny Hinn. These signs will accompany, I don't know, who else is a great signs and wonders guy? Billy Graham. Bill Johnson. These signs will accompany, everyone say it with me, those who Pardon? Yeah. Listen, do you believe? Oh, you're all looking at me like you don't. Okay, I'm going to ask you again. Do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe he is the Son of God? Do you believe that he died on a cross for the sins of mankind? and that he rose again on the third day victorious, defeating hell and death, taking the keys of hell and death, rising to seat at the right hand of the Father, victorious over everything, proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come. Do you believe? Then what? Then these signs shall accompany those who believe. Amen? Then it says that, in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Snakes, not sticks, snakes. I was just walking along. I mean, it's just a stick. <gasps> yeah, I was more worried about the mozzies. And, uh, yes. And uh, you're brave, darling. You're my hero. My hero. They will drink deadly pores and it will not hurt them, and they will place their hands on sick people and they will get. Who's going to place their hands on sick people? Who? Oh, no, 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 no. You've got you to gotta ring Ghostbusters. <laughs> we will lay our hands on sick people. You know, it's, it's, it's this. This isn't something that we'd learn 
It's not something that you read about and you go and learn how to do it. This is something that we live. Jesus lived it. And how did he live it? Because he loved. It comes out of a heart that loves. It came out of a heart of compassion. It came out of a heart that would lay down his life for those that were around him. It came out of a heart that saw the need and would have done anything to meet that need. This is not something we learn. This is something we live. And as you live as Christ lived on the earth, as you take up your cross, deny yourself and follow him, as in the secret places, in the quiet places with God, you make decisions of obedience and sacrifice, whatever it takes, God. As you cry in your bed for the lost, as you walk through the streets and see the great need and your heart breaks because someone has to meet this need, then the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord will be upon you. Amen. Because he will anoint you. He can't help but anoint love. He can't help but anoint those who would just be like him. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ. Christ who lives inside of me. Let him stand up. Let him reach his hand through your hand. Let him lay his hand upon that sick person with your hand. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. He said, greater work shall you do. He wasn't looking for another one-man show. He was looking for his church. He was looking for a body of people who would care enough to get outside of themselves and step into Christ. Amen? Let's break this down, this scripture, and have a look at it. The very first thing that Jesus says in this, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. Now you say, Pastor Julie, we can't all be preachers. We can't all stand behind a pulpit and preach. But I want to tell you this, in Revelations 12, 11, it says this, they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Do you know the greatest sermon is inside of you? The greatest sermon the world is waiting to hear is your testimony. And you don't need a pulpit. You don't need lights. You don't need a stage. You don't need an audience. It's for an audience of one. It's for the one. It's for the one soul. And all you've got to do is tell your story. Just tell your story. All the time. Break it down. Get it into about four minutes and tell your story. Amen? Tell your story. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news. Matthew 10, 7 says, As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. If you've received peace, 
then give peace. Maybe you can't lay hands on the sick and see them recover yet. But if you've received peace from Jesus, then give peace. Have you received joy? Then give some joy. Have you received love? Give love. Amen. Freely you have received, freely give. Number two, freedom for the prisoners. The gates of hell will not prevail against the army of the Lord. And there are people out there that are prisoners. They're prisoners in this world. And they have gates around them, gates of hell around them that are trying to stop the gospel, the good news getting in. But I want to tell you this, the gates of hell will not prevail against the army of the Lord. And as soon as you get near them, the anointing will break the yoke of bondage and the gates will fling open. Amen. If you walk in love, the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. Number three, recovery of sight to the blind. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says this, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You have the anointing to open blind eyes. You have the anointing of recovery of sight to the blind. Now, he's not just talking about physically blind here. Jesus is talking about spiritually blind because he's always coming against Pharisees who are blind. You're blind guides. You've got eyes, but you cannot see. You've got ears, but you cannot hear. It's spiritually blind. And we have the anointing to open the eyes. The God of this age has blinded their eyes, but when the light comes near them, the darkness flees. Amen? And their eyes are open. If we walk in the anointing, if we walk as anointed ones, as followers of Jesus Christ. Number four, release the oppressed. Release the oppressed. You know, Luke 5, 17 and B says this, and the power of the Lord was present to heal the sick. You know, when uh, Janine Kabbalah was here, she brought her little boy with her. He's like six. He's six. And before he came, you know, the Lord speaks to me prophetically about people and about situations. And I felt the Lord was speaking to me about this little boy, and I'd never met this little boy. And the Lord said to me, I want you to buy him something. So I'm looking through this catalogue to see what to buy him. In the Target catalogue, I saw this little T-shirt that had a handprint on it and it said, Daddy's right-hand man. And the Lord said, buy him that T-shirt. I went down to Target. I need this T-shirt. They're going, oh, there's plenty of other T-shirts. There's none of them left. No, I need this T-shirt, right? And, and, and they go, no, there's none left. There's got to be. And they go right, right through the back, right at the back, right at the back. There's one left, size six. So... I just think, I don't know what this is about, God, but you know what it's about. You know what this is about. I know it's a prophetic act. I know there's something about this T-shirt for this little boy. So I give the T-shirt to the little boy, Sunday morning church. He rips his shirt straight off. He puts the T-shirt straight on. He is so excited about this T-shirt. I thought, you know, how's a kid going to get excited about a T-shirt? He was so excited. And then Janine said, do you see that, mark, that handprint on that T-shirt? Do you realize that that's our logo? 
That's our, exactly, it's like a little kid has drawn a handprint and that's the logo of Kabbalah Ministries. You can, and I didn't realize. And I said, well, Sammy, you see that? And then the prophetic word came. You see that hand there? That little hand on there means that you're going to lay hands on the sick and you're going to see them recover. God's going to give you a healing ministry. And this little boy just looked at me. He got his hand like that. He looked at the hand on his T-shirt. He put it on there like that. And he said, does this mean you're telling me that my mum and dad are going to teach me how to pray for the sick? And I said, that's exactly what I mean. He said, well, I think I kind of get it already. I said, do you? He said, yeah. You've got to wait for the power first, haven't you? And I said, that's right. I said, you just wait, then the power will come. You'll, you'll sense the power of God. It'll come down through your head. It'll come through your arm. It'll come out your hand. And the sick people will be healed. And it's got nothing to do with you. You're just the vessel that, you're just the little hand that God uses. He said, oh, I can do that. I can do it. And I said, will you pray for me? Because I haven't been very well lately. And I put my head down. I got him to pray for me. And I taught him how to pray for the sick. Listen to me. It's so simple. A child knows how to do it. You will be endured with power. Just wait for the power. Amen. And if you don't feel anything, pray anyway. Because we don't go on feelings. We go by faith. Amen. And so what if you pray for 10 people and they don't get healed? Maybe the 11th will. Amen. And when the 11th one gets healed, they start telling people, then other people's faith gets stronger. And then before you know it, you've got healing ministry at Kmart. Amen? Release the oppressed. I can't stand seeing sick people in the streets. I can't wait till the Lord increases the anointing on my life to pray for the sick, and I'm going to keep praying for them. Amen? Until they get healed. Because I know Jesus said, Jesus said. And I know that in these last days, we're going to see a release of Holy Ghost anointing for the healing of the sick. I know we're going to see a release of miracles. I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it. God is just looking for people he can trust. God is looking for people that won't get puffed up. God is looking for people who will just love enough to be nobodies, to be servants, to go out and wash the feet of the people in the streets and he'll release that anointing. He's just waiting. He's just waiting for his church to get humble enough. He's just waiting for his church to get hungry enough. He's waiting for his church to hurt enough for them. Not for ourselves. And number five, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The year of the Lord's favour was the very year that Jesus Christ died. And for 2,000 years, he's been waiting for us to proclaim that favour to a world that doesn't realise their dad even cares. Do you know what it's like to realize you've got a dad in heaven that gives you favor? Favor. What about if God said to every human being on this earth, you're my favorite, and he says it every day, but they can't hear him. But he told us to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Do you know that God is your dad? Do you know that he has looked for you your whole life? Do you know that God, your dad, wants to care for you, hold you, speak to you? Hold you when you weep. Laugh with you when you're laughing. Rejoice in your victories. Help you. 
walk with you, talk with you. Do you know your dad has favor for you? You're his favorite. How beautiful is it? And how did Jesus let them know that? How did Jesus know that it was the year of the Lord's favor? Because they started to see good things happen whenever he was around. And he would say, it's my father, it's my father, it's my father. Luke 5.26 says this, Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. You know what? I want to show you something remarkable. Come here, Megan. Megan, can you come, darling? Come on, sweetie pie. Just give Auntie Christine your chippies for a sec. Come on, darling. Come here. I want to show you something remarkable. Come here, baby. Look at this. Look at this pumpkin. Look at this little one. She is amazing. Now, they, they told you, didn't they, that you should have bought her, that she, that she should not have come forth, that she would have been badly deformed as a child. Is that right? They told her that, right, this little one. But she chose, she wasn't a Christian at the time, were you? No. But you, you just felt, no, I can't abort this little child. I've got to have her. She is in the will of God. And when Megan was born, they told her all kinds of stuff, that she wouldn't walk and that she would, she would never grow, that her muscles would not grow, her legs wouldn't grow, bones. That she, she's got all these complications. She's got what they call, what she had, what they call a pigeon chest. And so she's on a puffer all the time just to help her breathe. She had lumps right on her back, humps on her back, where they tried to correct that with surgery so many times. Now listen to me. We've been progressively praying for this child. You became a Christian nearly one year ago, about one year ago. And, and honestly, this little girl was much littler than this when she came to this church, and she had a lot of problems. But I want to tell you this, God is healing her. And on Sunday, I'm going to stand you down, baby. On Sunday, she went to her daddy, who doesn't come to church at this time, and she said, Daddy, you've got to come to church tonight because Jesus is going to heal me. And Daddy said, don't be silly. She came, she was the first one down on the altar. I saw her standing there like this. The faith of a little child. And then later on, I was there on the altar and I heard, Pastor Julie, Pastor Julie, come quick, I've got to tell you something. And she jumped on my lap, kissed me all over the face, and she said, feel my back. And I'm telling you, this little back here had the biggest humps on this back, like a hunchback, I'm telling you, wasn't it? Mum, and see, you can see the scars where they tried to correct it. And I felt her back and I burst into tears because it's as straight as a die. There is nothing, nothing. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right, Megan? Did Jesus heal your back? Huh? Now, listen to me. Her chest was a pigeon chest. And I don't know if you can see it, but her chest has flattened out. And she doesn't have to use the puffer anymore. She couldn't pick up her feet to walk properly. She had to drag her feet to walk. Walk for me, baby. Show the people. Huh? 
muscles would not form. I can feel a muscle in her calves right now. She has developed muscles in her calves in this. I can feel them; they're like rocks. In this last week, she's developed muscles. And how, how much weight she put on? Two kilos in one week. And Megan, do you believe Jesus is going to finish what he started? He's going to completely heal you? Amen. Amen. Say thank you, Jesus. Is there anything you want to say? She, she, she's so amazing. Let's just thank the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Juanita. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. I want you to say that right now. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon... Now I want you to put your hand on your chest and say it. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news. Amen? Next one. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Say it. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. Next one. And recovery of sight to the blind. Say that. He has sent me to bring recovery of sight to the blind. Now put your hands on your belly and say the next one. He has sent me to release the oppressed. I want you to say me. He has sent me. Get it in there. Get it in there. Get it in there. He has sent me. Next one. He has sent me to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Stand to your feet. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I just have the band up? Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Jesus. Now listen, just very quickly, if you've got a heart and you want to pray for the sick and see miracles like Megan, quickly line up here. I want to just lay hands on you real quick. Come on. Can I have the catches come and just sing, sing anything that just keeps me going here in Jesus' name. In the name. I believe that I have an impartation anointing. I mean, you have the anointing of Jesus upon you, but how many of you know that there is an impartation with the laying on of hands? Put up your hand if you realize that. So while you're standing there right now, say, Lord, I want it. I want it. I want to Jesus. see Megan's heal. I want to see it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, just a catch it, come with me right now. In Jesus' name. 